too hot, not too cold. Feed them solid, six months old. Not too hot, not too cold. Feed them solid, six months old. We are Rissa and Z. And we are two Filipinx mamas who thought that, hey, one of the ways that we can erode the impact of white supremacy and coloniality in our Filipino culture and our parenting practices is to get drunk and talk about it. So we aim to normalize a bunch of shit that people are typically hush-hush about, model authenticity, and create a space to make it easier for other Filipinx folks to be their authentic selves. And the conversation doesn't stop here. Follow us on Instagram, Dirty Nanai, and on Facebook, Dirty Nanai, and our Philippinex community space where most of the conversations happen that inspire our topics. Dirty Nanai, happy hour. This last one is a private group for Philippinex parents and parents who co-parent with Philippinex folks or parent Philippinex kiddos. So membership is filtered, which means we will Facebook stalk you to make sure that you are legit. Also, please support our podcast through Patreon. And finally, the biggest shout out to Shabzilla and Bill Beats for our dope intro and outro music. Extras. Extra cheers today. <laughs> All right, before we get started with this episode, we'd like to give a big shout out to our fellow Philams and say, happy Filipino American History Month, fuckers. This is our month, fam. Fam, bam. Bam, bam. <laughs> um, in the U.S., we celebrate Filipino American History Month to commemorate the arrival of the first Filipinos who landed in what is now Morro Bay, California on October 18th, 1587. And it is also the birth month of Filipino American labor leader, Larry Itliong. Woot, woot. <laughs> Thank you, Larry. Although Filipino Americans were among the first peoples of Asian descent to arrive in the U.S. in 1857, very little had been written about us or the Philippines, despite America's long history with the country, um, where like the history includes, I don't know, the Filipino-American War, the American colonization that is still impacting us today that started in 1899 to 1946 and a big chunk of World War II being fought in the Philippines. So uh, where are we at with that? Where, where are we? And, you know, when the field of Asian American studies started emerging in the 60s and the 70s in colleges across the country, um, a lot of the literature and research focused on experiences of mostly like East Asian Americans, um, particularly our Chinese and Japanese um, counterparts. So the exclusion that Filipinos experienced from East Asian Americans still prompts many Filipinos today. Um, it discourages them from wanting to identify as part of the Asian American group. Um yeah, arguably the contributions of Filipino Americans to culture and society still not being represented well, even though we make up the second largest Asian American ethnic group, um, where we make up about one out of every five Asian Americans. Which is a shit ton of Filipino people. There's a lot I'm, of us. <laughs> I'm hoping that, um, you know, each person out there in America at least has two Filipino friends, hopefully. 
hopefully, but you know, we can only wish. But anyway, okay. So there are many ways that we can honor Filipino American History Month, and we need to amplify the voices of Filipino Americans. And you know, just being here in the Pacific Northwest, we are so lucky that we have so many, we are like in the heart of a lot of Filipino American activists. Um, you know, there's Uncle Bob Santos, there's um Fred and Dorothy Cordova. And, um, you know, if you're that type of person who wants to get connected and wants to learn more, I know that the Filipino American National History Society or Historical Society is something that is around the country. And I believe that if you just hop on Facebook and you look for your local chapter, that's a great way to connect and just learn a little bit more. Um, But yeah, just celebrate just being Filipino American and, you know, just just you know, know, fall in love with it, get connected with their community and um, just be loud and proud to be Filipino American. And thank you to all the other folks that have paved the way for us to be here. Thank you. That was beautiful. All right. So we're going to make a weird pivot and talk about our just doing an intro on our spooky ass episode today. Um, First of all, just wanna say, I'm so excited to get this episode started. I mean, it's it's basically the same type of excitement that I feel before watching a scary movie and then later on regretting it um, (laughs) because it like seriously continues to haunt me in my dreams. And then like years later, I still think about it. (laughs) But I love scary movies and I'm loving this episode. So super excited about this. Yep, yep, yep. It's, it's super exciting. I know. It's like those scary movies. It's like after you hit like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm done. It's like, I don't know. There's this one movie. It's like every single time it's like three something in the morning. I'm like, fuck that. Make it's sure always, I- <laughs> yes, it's always three o'clock in the morning. Like why the fuck is it always at three in the morning? Oh, I yes. know. I know. So I'm like, fuck that. And then it's like, I don't know, depending on what movie I'm watching, I'm like, don't go into the kitchen. Don't open cupboards. Don't do XYZ. <laughs> but we're good. I'm, I'm happy to be here. And I'm pretty sure after this you know, after this episode recording, I might be like you at the end of the scary movie where I'm like, I kind of regret recording it, but no, our voices need to be heard. (laughs) Yes, exactly. We are brave. We are brave. Z, we are brave. Yep, yep. No chicken (laughs) shit. We'll be braver with um, liquid courage. Yeah, I um, have an extra shot of um, alcohol that I usually take on or take in because... I need I need as much care, courage as I can muster. So, you can't go. scare me, ghost. <laughs> Fuck you, I'm drunk. <laughs> it's fine. Um, it's fine. <sighs> totally fine. Um, so yeah, with along with what Rissa was saying today on Dirty Nanai, we are going to explore. Drum roll, please. Filipino horror folklore. <laughs> I'm already doing my hair mustache. <laughs> oh no. Well, we are about to get Tresse up in here, except there's no cool detective work from either me or Z. Um, and we're just recent armchair experts on just one, one Filipino monster. That's it. I can only do one. <laughs> So um, today on Dirty Nanai, 
um, Z and I are going to delve into the origins of two Filipino horror folklore um, and then later on have just a discussion about, uh, yeah, just like about um, our experiences in the Philippines and how the superstition and the, you know, very known horror folklore impact us, uh, impacted us back then and impacted us today. AKA fucked us up. <laughs> it totally did. I know it did. Oh my gosh. This is open up a lot for me. It, did. it is so oh true, gosh. but that's okay. We can dive into that um, we will. later we will. on. Yep, yep, yep. Later on. Um, but before we get into all of that, we are starting this episode off with a spooky story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to drink a little. Okay, hold on a second. Drink, drink, drink. What are you drinking? Mm. Oh my god, your cat is so cute. This one is so cute. It's a little cat. Meow. Um, I'm drinking a vodka tonic. Um, <laughs> from <extra> vodka. <laughs> from a my, mug. <laughs> in my cat mug. Look, it's dishwashing time. <laughs> it's I so cute though. It, it's very know. like, it screams like warm and cozy fall. Yeah, it you know does, I mean? doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then it just like shocks you when you drink it because you're like, ah, that's vodka. Ah. <laughs> How about you? What are you drinking? Um, it's I'm kind of going along with the fall theme here. Bad Granny Hard Cider, um, Honeycrisp flavor. Ooh. So, yeah, super excited about this. I like ciders. Yeah, yeah, Ooh, that's a good. good one. That looks mm-hmm. like it's a good one. Oh, I'm gonna check that mm-hmm. out later. Yes. Yep. Yep. <sighs> okay, let's do this. Okay. I think it's you, mate. Okay. <laughs> Um, do you want me to just start it? Yeah, I guess like before we get started, you can, you can go and tell your scary story, which you've been super excited to tell me, <laughs> but like, I've been like excited slash freaked out about it. Okay. Hold on a second. Do you want the blanket? No. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's do this. Okay. So I, I do have a scary story, a true one. Um, something that has happened to me. Um, back in the Philippines when I was fourth year high school. So that's my senior year of high school. So um, as you can imagine, you know, like being a high schooler, senior in, um, I was going to say the state of the Philippines, in in the Philippines, um, you know, a lot of Catholic folks, we had a retreat. And I think it's like very common for a lot of like Filipino folks here and like, you know, the U.S. who are Catholic that like go to retreats and do their little like palanca letters and all that. So um, it was that type of retreat where, you know, everybody's crying when they're reading their palanca letter from like, you know, their loved ones. Um, but this um, area that we um, had our retreat at was in Tagaytay. And it was like a small retreat center that was run by nuns. See, even the concept of nuns is like fucking scary oh, to me. so creepy. I know, I know. But like, <laughs> it was like run by nuns. And it was like up in like the this like very like kind of like wooded type area. So one of the teachers that had, accompanied us um was notorious for having a third eye so a lot of like these people are like oh yeah you know sir has a third eye like if you want to see a ghost um you should like stand next to him or whatever and he would like tell all these ghost stories you know like in our class and him telling us like yeah you know our school is haunted and this is what you'll see and there's a voice you'll hear and blah 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 so anyway at this you know at this retreat house he was saying that 
there are a bunch of little children running around and like a bunch of um, just different entities around the property, which I get, you know, it's like a wooded area. So late at night um, after dinner, a bunch of people um, like went next to our teacher and like held his arm and was like, oh yeah, I can see like all these little kids like running around. And I didn't buy any of that. I was like, that is bullshit. Like I'm not going to deal with that. So I walk up like to the upstairs area where we were like all eating and there's like this patio. Um, I go out there. I'm just like looking out and it's just a bunch of trees. It looks like this field that has like banana leaves and um, just all these other random trees. And it's about like maybe half a mile out, I, I would say, like from where I was standing. And then about like maybe 10 feet away from me was another classmate of mine who was also looking out into this field. And um, as we were looking out, you know, all of a sudden it's like, I see, so under one of the trees, I see this like shadowy figure of this yeah. guy like and it's weird because it's like it's blacker than black it's like a silhouette that you see but it just like fades in that way and it looked really really big starts like walking to the right or like floating to the right to like a different tree and then starts like floating back to the left and then freaking like fades back out and i was like (gasps) I i said that and like my classmate next to me also did the same thing and I turned to him and was like, did you see that? And he just like ran off. And I was like, what the fuck? What like, he just the fuck? Fuck? And I didn't tell anybody about that. So I, I didn't say anything. I, when I got home, I didn't even like tell my parents. I didn't even like tell like my brother. It was just here when I was in the US, maybe about two years ago that I finally like disclosed to them that I saw something because it was like, I don't know if I saw anything or what. Like I, but like I, I thought it was like maybe it's a copra because it's like a huge person that just like pops yeah. up. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, maybe that that is what it is. And um, so I decided last year, um, someone who is like a colleague of mine of you know from work was creating one of those like online magazines and was asking for a bunch of like spooky stories. And I said, okay, fine, I'll submit mine. Yeah. So I submitted mine. And then um, for like research, you know, purposes, I reached out to my graduating class and was like, can you remind me the name of this, like, you know, this retreat area? Um, And they told me it. And I said, you know, I did see a ghost there. It was like this person. And they were like, you know what? Like, there are like little kids that run around, but there is like an entity that, um, you know, our teacher was talking about who walks around the property. Oh, my God. Yeah, so he walks around the property and he guards the area. Like, protects it? Yeah, he protects the area. And, like, after I heard that, I was like, oh, fuck. So, um, yeah, I I guess I saw this, this entity and I, up until, like, it was just two years ago that I finally like solidified that there was like such thing. I thought it was just little kids, but nope. There there was definitely some guard like walking around. I fucking hate this. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this so much. Why are we doing this? It's so quiet. It is so quiet here, with the exception of your creepy voice right now and your creepy ass story. Fuck you, Z. <laughs> <laughs> 
Don't look like, back. Oh my god, I don't even know where. Now I looked back. Oh, I did it. Oh my gosh, I would be the worst character in like a horror movie. You're like, don't look back, and I'm like, the immediate thing that I did was like, I just looked back. God, I hate this. I hate this. But maybe. I could survive through long enough to be like the comedic relief, like a really bad comedic relief or something. <laughs> this sucks. I'm starting to regret <laughs> doing this. Episode. It'll be Just, fun. It'll it's those things, though. You know, it's like this is this topic is not the type of you know topic that I think I can talk with like with kids. Yeah, so like I'd rather it be like with like other dirty nannies out there <laughs> that can validate like shit that they've seen, you know? Because yes. I don't know, there there's a lot of like shit in the Philippines where I'm like, oh, like that does not sit well. But I'm pretty I, sure it'll come out in our in our conversation yes. later. Yeah, it's a part of the discussion questions later on because it's it's something I want to talk about later too. Like mm-hmm. why, like in the Philippines, something just changes. Like there there's I don't know. We'll talk about it later right, for right, sure. Right. But you know what I mean? You know what yes. I mean, right? Yes. Oh, so yes. weird. <sighs> okay. Well, <clears throat> I'm definitely a glutton for punishment because we're going to continue to delve deeper into this Filipino Filipino <laughs> Filipino horror show. Okay, so like I said earlier, Z and I decided to do some investigations on two Filipino horror folklore. And I am going to start off this segment by regaling you with the story of the Chanak. Chanak. All right. <clears throat> so, um, I, so first of all, why I chose Chanak? I uh, wanted to do a horror folklore. I can't say that together. Horror folklore that as much as possible coincides with the topics that we've talked about in Dirty Mm -hmm. Nanai. I think in some way, I I think I needed to, like, I like to intellectualize things to make it so that it's not as scary for Uh me. And so I think that's primarily why I chose Chanak. And let me tell you, through my research, it did not disappoint. The origins of Chanak hits, like, all these topics that have popped up in our conversations. Um, And so if you hear it, I want to take you a drink. I want to take you a drink. I want you to take a drink. There you go. Okay. okay. So if you hear it, you remind me. So Tiana, Tiana, is that the little, the little ghost? (laughs) (laughs) Or like, is that the same as Duende? No, so different. What kind of Filipino are you? No, I'm so bad. I'm getting them all mixed up. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. Ready? I'm going to tell you about Chanak right now. Okay. Okay. So a Chanak is like this, this very, the small vampire goblin-like creature um, Mm. that basically takes on the form of a toddler or baby. Ooh, fuck that shit. Right? That's why I was like, dirty (laughs) no night, (laughs) baby. Um, And so although there are different types of it, um, which I'm going to talk a little bit more about what the different types are. It like the the more the commonality with all of these different types is that it takes on the form of a newborn baby, and it basically cries um, to try to um, lure people into trying to take care of them. And mm. um, yeah, so basically, once like a passerby picks up the you know the chianak. 
uh-huh. it it becomes like this really scary like goblin like vampire like creature <laughs> and then it attacks the victim and um yeah it attacks the victim mm-hmm. um it also has been known as um something that that basically tries to like confuse or mm. um it, it makes like travelers or just like people like get lost. Um, and <laughs> okay. yeah, also maybe involved in abducting other children to like form oh, their geez. little baby army, their baby Chanak army. Oh my so God. I, I know. Okay. So Chanak, so uh, there are just different legends about how they started and different, you know, versions of Chanak. Um, but again, their commonality is that they're mm-hmm. able to mimic an infant and able to imitate like a baby's cry to lure the victims. Ugh, so here, okay. are, yeah, I know. Here are the different ways that they have kind of um, manifested um, mm-hmm. to to passerbys. So one version, it retains the general shape of a baby. But then, so this is cute little baby. But then like once the passerby or like the, you know, the prey of the people, I guess, like comes out, you know, comes to take care of the baby. Like they basically transform into this like vampire, like little, mm. little you know, demon baby, <laughs> like little demon baby. Ah, that's very familiar. Um, and um, so actually, so when you said dwarves, so they they do have some certain similarities with dwarves, mm-hmm. um, and is often associated with like Earth in one uh in one type other legend mm-hmm. um and so um it's kind of so like the true form of the chanak is kind of like like the benjamin button <laughs> like it's like this this baby like thing but it's all old and wrinkly oh, no. so it kind of looks like that is is kind of what i'm gathering <laughs> as i'm looking at photos i don't know why i did that but yes so that's that's one and um, it's a little bit more deformed and um, it really like you can see its deformity by how it moves. So it it um, the legs. So Tianak's legs um, in this particular folklore, um, they're uneven, like significantly uneven that when it walks, it walks in a very creepy. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, OK. okay. <laughs> you made it sound less creepy by saying it's a limp. Can you imagine? Oh, but that shit would be so scary though. It would be like the high and then the boom. Go, yeah, boom. The boom. yeah. Oh, it's very like zombie-ish like, type walk. Yes, with a little bit of a ring in there. <laughs> like when when like when you when your leg just can't bend or like it's just locked. Yeah. And you're just, trying to walk. <laughs> that hurts. Yeah. It I yes, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's not just merely limping. It's a, it's a really frightening oh. march or something. I don't know. Crawling march, ring-like walking. Oh, no. Anyway, okay, okay. so that's why, because their movement is like, in, it's very inhibited by mm-hmm. this particular um, characteristic with the legs being very like different in length. Um, th- that's why they cry so that the prey can go to them instead of oh them trying to. So that's that's one of the other other. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. In another one, I'm gonna go through my notes. Uh, in another one though, like instead of them being kind of like 
difficult, you know, having difficulty being mobile, they fly. So you have a flying baby. <laughs> oh, my Atlanta. <laughs> it flies. Um, yeah. And apparently in this legend, so this legend comes from the island of Minro, um, it transports so the Tianak transforms into a blackbird uh, before flying away. Um, Wait, blackbird? A blackbird. Like a okay, crow, okay. maybe? <laughs> okay. Look, okay. crows okay. get okay. so much shit. Like, come yeah. on. Come on. They're smart as fuck, though. They are. They hold Crows a are grudge. smart. They do. They're very smart, and they hold a grudge. Um, I guess smart people hold grudges. Smart beings. Smart animals. Oh, God. I thought I heard a bang. You know, I'm so scared. <sighs> okay. Okay, and another one, they are, um, oh my God, I don't know, we'll see. I heard like sounds and I'm seriously like freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So, and another one in the Batangas version, the Chianak are basically like regular babies who got lost in the wild. And so um, they, they end up dying without a name, oh. yeah, or aborted or otherwise. And, um, yeah, so they're just kind of like, they're regular babies, but they're, they're left in the wild. Aww. So that's a little sad. I know that one was a little sad. Um, and the cry of a Chianak for that one is soft and wait, what is it? Oh, weird. So it is also said that when the cry of a Chianak sounds soft, one is actually nearby. And conversely, if the cry sounds loud, it's actually distant. That's some weird shit. Yeah. It's like some tricky shit over there. Because uh, then it's like you're trying to search for the loud one, right? And then next thing you know, you get further and further from your house. Yes. Oh, that's so smart. Oh, look at you making deduction. Who said that we weren't <laughs> going to have some detectiving? Oh, my God. My, my, like, my like, camera thing fell backwards. Oh, my God. You're banging. <laughs> banging scares me now. All right, so in terms of the origin, so there are different origins um, for uh, the Chianak. And um, so different resources, actually, so there are multiple resources that say that the Chianak uh, mythos started in um, Mindanao um, Mm -hmm. from the Mandaya people. And they believe that Chianaks were basically the souls of children whose mother died while giving birth. Oh my God. I know. And the babies were basically left behind. Um, And so because they've been kind of left behind without that nurturing, and then you have the spiritual mysticism aspect to it, they end up basically transforming into this like monstrous baby. And Oh, and this is where our dirty nanai conversations come up. So get your drinks ready because Spanish colonization basically changed the uh, mythos of the Chianak um, by basically integrating like the the uh, Catholicism into yeah into its origins. So in the Catholic version, basically the Chianak are supposedly the souls of the infants that died before they were baptized. And mm-hmm. then that got extended 
basically to Chanak's being aborted fetuses that were turned from the death to seek revenge on those who deprived them of life. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. Oh, that's so many. Right? Oh, my gosh. Like, talk about guilt tripping. I know. Mothers. (laughs) Mothers. And then just kind of really digging in the hold of, like, Christianity. Right. Right? right? Like, yeah. So start drinking, bitches. Dang, the more you know. Right? So, and then, so with this, too, like, they said that the Chanak is unable to just kind of pass on to the afterlife because they didn't have a name. They were not baptized. Like they just, you know, basically they're like ghosts in purgatory that went rogue, that went bad. Basically. Oh. oh, I know. So then this causes them to be stuck on earth, just basically searching around for someone to give them names. Oh, so, my God. Yeah. Oh, this is really interesting. So, there is actually um, another monster, um, like another horror mythos um, that came from, uh, what is it? The Aztecs. It's called Chaneke, which sounds like mm-hmm. Chanak. And it's basically um, a, uh, basically it was modified by friars to sway natives into again catholic faith so basically mm. similar experiences like the philippines and swaying them into christianity yeah, yeah. and so they said that the chaneke was um basically a result of the devil possessing a, a child a stillborn child who was unbaptized mm. and so so there's like a lot of you know right, uh, connections right. with that as well um, trying to again convert natives into Catholics by scaring them into saying if you if your baby dies even though it has nothing to do with any of your control right. you are unable to baptize them you fucked that up woman you fucked that yeah. up so now that demon child is gonna come after you like yeah there's some lovely Catholic guilt tripping happening over Fuck. there I know right horrible alright so how do you deal how do you deal with the Chianak? So, like, if you were faced with a Chianak, what do you do? So, some of the countermeasures that came up include, um, so I guess Chianaks, because they're still babies, they're easily amused. And so, one of the things that you can do is basically turn your clothes inside out. And they think, <laughs> and then they'll be like, this is the funniest thing in the world. I'm going to let you go, traveler. So, they do that um, because they thought that was amusing. Um, loud noises, um, is something that also drives them away. So like Mm. if you are in the jungle, um, you can do some loud noises Mm -hmm. to not only scare off the Chanak, but also bears. Bears are not from the jungle, are they? No. (laughs) Jaguars? Jaguars I don't know if they'd be in the Philippines. (laughs) We are like failing this. Monkeys? (laughs) It's like... Look, I did say we were armchair experts. Okay. Yes, yes. But we're like, Wikipedia only took us as far as jungle. Okay. okay. I didn't research enough about where bears live. <laughs> I was told my assignment was to do a research on Chanak, not bears. So, right. Hmm. Anyway, um, 
other things to scare Chianok away is to have garlic and the rosary. Of course, you gotta have the mm-hmm. rosary um, so that you can scare the Chianok off. Um, and okay, and here's one that's really sweet. Um, you can also give them a name to these little souls. I know. And then offering a white candle to kind of help them, you know, to guide them to uh, the afterlife. So. Oh. Anyway, so that's the Chanak. Oh, one last tidbit that's really, really interesting is that um, Chanak has, uh, so like, I guess like demon babies, there there seems to be like a uh, demon possessed babies, um, but mostly demon babies. Um, there's like a, like a common mythology that happens within Southeast Asian folklore. So like Indonesia, Singapore, mm-hmm. Thailand, mm-hmm. um, Malaysia, they all have their own version of like this undead infant. Um, it's called Toyol or Tuyol. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so it's it's appeared in in all the mythos in in the you know a wow. bunch of Southeast Asia. So that's kind of interesting. I'm like, oh, yeah. I wonder what's up with that? But um, basically, in some of them, like there was one that was so visual that I was just like, mm, I can't read anymore. But uh, <laughs> basically, making use of an aborted baby through a special embalmment to kind of create this creature that would basically Uh rob people of their money. So Mm. that was kind of an interesting association Mm. with Shamak. But so that's, that's my report on Shamak. That is interesting. That is so interesting. Because that's what okay. Because I know there are like so many of them in the Philippines, and then I totally forgot about that one. Because when you when you're like Chanak, I was like, which one is that one again? And I was trying to go into my Rolodex of like, I was like, I didn't study for this one. Like, it started like feeling like it triggered me a little bit. I was like, was I supposed to fucking know this in the quiz and I forgot? Um, That yeah. is nuts. That's so nuts. So but it's also like wild. I hate like how victim blaming it gets to yes! mothers, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like blaming mothers for the death of their child. Right. Like, way to go. Right. And it's like, why did you baptize your stillborn right. child? Like I, oh my goodness. So Or even the idea of like abortion too, right? Right. Or yes, exactly. That's another so, one. Fuck. Yes. Yes. And so just mm. So again, if you were drinking um, after I told you <laughs> that that I'm going to be talking about just the different topics we've talked about in Dirty Night and this story, right. chug up, bitches, because <laughs> <laughs> Chanak is like chock full of basically yeah. Catholic guilt um, and coloniality and a lot of like, oh, anti-feminism involved. So yeah, drink, drink, drink. Fuck. That's amazing though. Thank you for sharing and thank you for yeah. thank you for just adding more insight on this because um yeah, that was really really cool to know just even the history about it. Yeah, no problem. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Rissa. That was that was fun. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so right. um my my armchair reading here was basically um so i i'm just gonna do an extension of copre instead um because i think 
I, I don't know if a lot of people know about the copper. Like I was thinking, oh yeah, I could totally dive into white lady, but I'm like, I feel like there's so many white lady stories. No, I hate white lady. It's so scary. <laughs> I know it is really scary. So I'll just do the copper. Um, but I got it mostly from Wikipedia. And then when he had asked me about like this prompt of trying to connect it to something that's dirty nani related, I was like, I don't know like if there's anything that's gonna come up aside from like preventing like your children not to go out of the house at night and be like there's a scary monster out there um yeah. hence come back home early now curfew yes. um so that's the only thing that i did but i went on wikipedia and there was a shit ton of stuff so you better be ready i'm so excited yes all right yeah. i'm ready to drink okay so i i'm just i'm on the wikipedia page and um i did not take notes <laughs> so i i'm gonna do the abridged version and eyeball the the big points here and then yes. i did read like another article or two which um kind of like you know just added a little bit more flavor yeah. into it but i think wikipedia did a pretty good job you know what shout out to wikipedia yes okay? like yes. you're doing all right you're doing all mm -hmm. right <laughs> okay you ready yes okay so the copre for those that do not know, is a tree giant being basically like seven to nine feet tall, dark colored, hairy, muscular creature. Um, they're known to have like a strong body odor. I was reading from like a different article that they smell like goat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I think it's because like maybe they're thinking like um, because like this, um, you know, this person or this tree giant sits you know in the trees and tends to like smoke cigars it's a good possibility that it reeks of like you know just stench and just like cigar smoke and i heard mm -hmm. like deer also is like another thing um so i'm like okay go off go off copre um so basically you like <laughs> you do you um go hide up in the bushes or go hide up in the trees how many times i would want to be like a copper just hide in the trees and drink <laughs> Um, so anyway, this, so the copra itself would live in different, um, would live in a tree, basically the balete tree, which in English is the banyan tree. Um, if you've ever seen like a banyan tree before, it's like this tree that's humongous, has like a really, really thick base with all these, uh, you know, hanging vines. They usually just chill up there. Um, and then they also chill in, you like how I'm like, oh yeah, they just chill here. They, they like, they dwell. So they dwell in big trees like the Akasha trees, mango trees, bamboo and like banyan are like the big ones. Um, and they wear a loincloth. So that's that's their um, aesthetic. Hot. <laughs> yes. Very um, like Jason Momoa from GOT. Which, oh, that oh, is. Oh, oh my oh, God. God. <laughs> it is totally Jason Momoa from you know, I think if I just have, like, in my envision throughout your story over here, that it's Jason Momoa, this makes this less scary for me. So go on. Please yes, yes. Okay. talk to okay. me about Jason okay. Momoa. I mean, Capri. <laughs> um, okay, so let me, I'll go through the behaviors and then I'll go through the whoa parts where I was like, that is fucking dirty, not Asa. <gasps> yes. Okay, so they are believed to be nocturnal and omnivorous they are not necessarily considered to be evil however they may be vengeful if someone cuts their tree down yeah. um coppers may make contact with people to offer friendship or if they are attracted to a woman 
So if copper befriends a human, especially because of love, the copper will con- consistently follow its love interest throughout life, which is kind of scary a little bit, stockish. Yeah. Um, also, if one is a friend of the copper, then that person will have the ability to see it. And if they were to sit on it, then any other person would be able to see the huge entity. So they're usually like invisible. Um, the only like thing that, yeah, it, it's kind of weird. They're like invisible, but at the same time, they have red eyes. So they say that if you look up into the tree and you see red eyes, that's most likely the cop you're looking at. Mm. I know, I know. So so don't don't look, don't look. Um, all right. They mostly live in like the mountains or in the woods. Um, what else? Okay, now this is the aha part. Okay. So get your drink ready. I'm ready. So the capre, the, the term capre comes from the Arabic, 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 Arabic term kafir. Arabic? Arabic? <laughs> <laughs> Arabic, Arabic, Arabic. Okay. Um, comes from the term kafir, but in Spanish, kafre which means a non-believer or an atheist. <laughs> so um, the term was later brought to the Philippines. Here you go. So you better drink by the Spanish who had previous shit. I, sorry, I flipped ah, Wikipedia. Okay. All right. I, I'm back to the window now. Okay. So the, so the term was later brought to the Philippines by the Spanish who had previous contact with the Moors. They used it to describe the indigenous indigenous Negrito ethnic groups with dark skin and features similar to black Americans or black oh, Africans. I know, I know, I know. Racism. I know racism. So mm. better get your fucking drink. Got it. Additionally, a synonym for copra is Agta, A-G-P-A, which is another name for the Ita people. So I know. So the modern mythical characters, characterizations of the copper evolved from formerly racist portrayals of the Negrito tribes by the lowland Christianized ethnic groups of the Philippines during the Spanish period. Oh my fucking God. I know. <laughs> I know. Just fucked up shit. Um, what else? Okay. Uh, I'm just basically reading Wikipedia at this point. Um, the first attestation of the use of the term was Cafre by Antonio Pigafetta of the Magellan Expedition. Um, they were described by the people of Suluan to the Magellan crew as dark skin tattooed and wore bark cloth and had weapons ornamented with gold and large shields. The term Cafre was also used for, I'm, I hope I'm saying this right, Papuan slaves brought to the Philippines by the Portuguese because slavery was abolished by Spain. Uh, okay. It's funny because they were also talking about, um, and this is why I was laughing at, at your Chanak story. They also play pranks on people and one of them is making them get lost. <laughs> Did like did this person like copy and paste like the story to like so they make like people lost and the only way to like if you do encounter a copra in order for you to not get lost here's another reason why I was laughing you have to turn your shirt inside out. <laughs> 
they freaking copied and pasted <laughs> each other. I can't. I cannot. I can't. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's basically it. That's all I got. Where are all these people getting lost? And taking off their clothes. I know, just turning it inside out. Just like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. But interesting and intriguing, I think. <laughs> so interesting and intriguing. I would get um, the fuck out if, like, a copyright were to have some type of interest in me and know that they fucking follow me around. Okay, that one I'd be really freaked out about. Mm-hmm. Even if it's Jason Momoa, like, no means no. No, stalking right. is not, it's not fun. Um, right. So, basically, summary, a copre is a tattooed black Jason Momoa from the Pacific Northwest who is an atheist who likes to prank people. Yes, pretty much. Like he lives in trees. He lives in trees and he's tall. Tall. Like he sounds like a dreamboat. (laughs) You should see like the pictures like that, like have drawings of these people. Like it's like type. What type, what type is this person? Humanoid traits, long legs and smokes. And like, perfect (laughs) check and check check and check lives in a tree check smells like goat yes i love me some goats too involves me turning my shirt inside out so i don't get lost check check i love it you know what Um, yeah this this basically this session just it turned things around for me thank you so much you're yeah. welcome. <laughs> but this it's like, not- like, man, this is just like racism, though, in the Philippines. Oh, heck, yeah. They're using, yeah. like, yeah, basically, like, scare tactics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to push racist, yeah, racist perspectives and, like, just infuse that in everything. So, oh, wait, wait, hold on. One, oh, one more- little part, too, that I forgot is that yes. um, so they'll follow their love interest even yes. sometimes to the point of sexually assaulting them while they sleep. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay, well. That's mm. not okay. That's gross. Mm. I know. This is like, I mean, like, just the portrayal of um, just Black folks in the Philippines is so similar to, like, how black folks were um, caricaturized and portrayed right. um, to like dehumanize them in the U.S. Right, like by making them this like um, the sexual predators um, that that we need to protect our white white women from. So right. it's just kind of interesting to see the connection of like the scare tactic in the Philippines of using copre um, and just how you know. Black folks were depicted in the U.S. to um, justify treating them like animals, basically. So it's horrible <clears throat> shit. Horrible, horrible shit. Horrible. See, oh my gosh, I'm curious if all <clears throat> these other, you know, if the other horror folklores have these like dubious histories, right? Like that's why I was like when I was reading mm. the channel, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so like. 
this is so messed up. I'm like, I'm it, yeah. And then just learning about copyright. Like I, that's why I was like, oh man, we have to find a way to connect it to Dirty Nanai. And then right. bam, you were able to do it. Right. Like, I know. Thank you, Wikipedia. Heck yeah, Wikipedia. Shout out to Wikipedia. <laughs> but that yeah. would be really interesting. I'm like, oh, I would want to know. And maybe like, I'll text you later on this week if I do have the time and <gasps> capacity to like look at other ones. Oh my gosh. If yes. I see anything or yeah, like, read please anything. Yeah, do. Yeah. I mean, I will never read about White Lady because that is the one no. that breaks me out. That's so a shit will pop up on your like, on your no. like images. No, thank you. I don't <laughs> like that. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm okay. But yeah, let me know. I'm like curious about my girl and a swung and all those like mm-hmm. other stories and like just kind of like looking at its origins. And I'm wondering, does like the European or, um, what is it, European folklore or just more Western folklore? Are they also rooted from like racist or very oppressive like messaging as a scare tactic for folks? Do you I have no idea. I'm like, who, like, what, what do like white people get scared of? I have no Zombies. idea. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm like thinking about it like Confederate soldiers. Like, I have no idea. Like, people that live in their houses. I have no idea. Yeah, that's actually one of the questions I will ask about later. Ooh, uh, okay, <laughs> okay. Which then, awkward transition to <laughs> the next portion of this. So for me, one of the ways that I deal with like being freaked out is overanalyzing things. And actually, like I'm so glad we had the chance to like analyze the Chiana. Cause like when I was first reading it, I was like, oh, this is so weird and creepy. And I'm like, as a mother and I'm reading about like, you know, like fetus, like dead, undead fetuses. Like it just like, oh, it hits, it hits differently. Right. Like, right. As a mom. Right. Um, and, but then like the more I read about it, the more I'm just like, what the fuck is this? You know? And so it, it like intellectualizing things is one of the ways that I deal with fear. Mm-hmm. And, like hearing about copper like at the beginning when you were telling me about your I mean it still freaks me out that still freaks me out um and when I can hear I can hear my like cat scratching on the door like, oh I'm my just, god like, stop it like stop freaking <laughs> me out right now but um but it, it makes it less scary just kind of intellectualizing things so part of this portion is just kind of reflecting and doing a little bit of intellectualizing um that's related to Filipino culture our upbringing and just um, looking at um, horror folklore in general, but particularly about the Philippines. So um, I have the questions outlined for us and then we can take turns in asking them like we do. Um, all right. So I'm going to go, I mean, I'll go ask you the question first. Are you ready? Okay. Yes, okay. I am ready. All right. So growing up, how has Philippine how has Filipinx superstition impacted you as a kid? And how does that translate to you as an adult? <laughs> did it fuck me up a little bit? Yeah, I'd yes. say it did. But also in this, at the same time, it kept me in check. I'll put yes. that. Yes. <laughs> it kept me in check. Like they talk about like all the different like superstitions of... Um, <laughs> I mean, there's some that are like kind of funny, you know, where it's like, oh, you know, if you're going to step over somebody while they're laying down, they're not going to grow. So it's like to undo that, you have to go backwards. And to try and explain that to like people who are non-Filipino, they like step like the other way. I'm like, no, you need to go backwards. Like you take a step backwards. You can't go forward. Now you got to go do that twice. 
twice. <laughs> you gotta go backwards twice. <laughs> um, so some of them are like pretty funny, but like some of them have also kind of like kept me in check too. Um, yes. Let's see. Uh, like right off the bat, I'm trying to think of like what are the big ones that have like come up for me. I mean, there's a lot of like death, like superstitions that do come yes. up. Yes. Mm-hmm. That I, I was like also kind of like reading about or um, what else? What else has come up? I can't think. There's like, because I also grew up in Hawaii where I kind of feel like it meshed. Like there were like Hawaii like um, superstitions and then also Filipino superstitions. And I feel like they kind of like mixed around a little bit. So I get mixed up on which one is which. But mm-hmm. as an adult, how does it affect me? Um I know that logically it doesn't make any sense, but there's like that little like child voice in me that's like, you better not mess around with shit like that. Yes. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to like religious shit or like, you know, yeah. like if you're in the woods, you know, like here, like in the Pacific Northwest, everything is like woods, you know, like people are like woodsy. People want to take like different things from the woods. And I'm like, you know, there, there's like something about like superstitions that is like, you know, you respect your environment and you respect that there's like there are entities like mm-hmm. everywhere that you go. You know, you just can't like mess shut up and try to like think that you're invincible, you know, invincible when you're not. So yes. I think like as a child, it kept me in check as an adult. I think that it translated to learning how to be like respectful of the surroundings Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah, I think that's it for me that like the main ones, at least that pop up for me. Yes. Yes. I um. So first I'm going to I'm going to because like I, I wrote some notes about because like as you're talking about this, I'm just like nodding my head going, of course, like, yes, on the microphone. But I'm like, I got to type, I got to write this because I don't want to forget it. <laughs> um, so I'm going to kind of like address some of the things that you shared because mm-hmm. I feel all of this like just. Oh, yes. So. um when you were talking about how like just you know like it, even it, just all these like sim like everyday daily superstition that's just like embedded in like daily practices you know as simple as like oh don't cross your eyes or you know magiging the linka like if yeah, you yeah. cross your eyes like that's that's your face is just going to be stuck like that forever <laughs> And then, and then, like, someone always knows, like, I knew this one person in my town who did that. And, I got and they're stuck like that forever. And it's for every little fucking thing. Like, it's, right. like, not even a big deal, right? I mean, okay, cool. Like, making a face, not a big deal. But it's so interesting that, like, superstition is so embedded in just daily conversations. That And, and it... it it's talked about by like, not just your immediate family, it's talked about it in the community. And so of mm-hmm. course, when you have all these people around you, all these adults, all these professional professionals, right? Like my parents are amongst like other like medical people telling mm-hmm. you that if you make a face like that, that it'll be stuck that way. Like you, you tend to believe it. And, um, yeah, so I think that's just kind of one of the the things that I was just kind of like, oh my god, it's like in everything, mm-hmm. even though it's like unnecessary, it's like in everything. It's 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 also like like what you said, the religion, um, like anything religious is scary. Like same here with me. I'm so I'm uh, agnostic, mm-hmm. but I was raised um, I was raised Catholic, 
And like to this day, even though I'm just like, yeah, I don't know if there's, you know, there's an entity out there or not. Like, I'm just kind of living my life. Like I accept whatever it could be, whatever. Right. Like I've, I'm agnostic. Like, it's still so frightening to me. Like when you talked about the nuns, that was really frightening. Exorcism still scares the shit out of me. Um, anything that's like related to religion is frightening. And, and I think about how in the Philippines, like that was kind of like people's, it was the boundary that you never cross. You know, right. it was the, it was the, I told you so. It's the equivalent of an I told you so from families and mm-hmm. everyone uses it. So everyone is consistent with it. So then that really perpetuates the thinking that it's real because mm-hmm. every like mine, you know, my grandma says that my mom says that my dad's friend says that, you know, so it must be true. And so um, the religion, that that's what it is. Like the boundary is always religion or some sort of superstition thing. If you, if you do this, you're going to go to hell. <laughs> is a big one that happens um or like you know if you stay at night then you're gonna get kidnapped or you know be taken from ghosts by ghosts or copyright i don't even know but i just remembered it being like you don't question it because like it's hard to question things that everybody's kind of like believing is true so mm-hmm. if you if, if your community thinks or believes that these the mysticism is true then you tend to believe it's true but anyway so that's just kind of one of the things that i'm like oh yes um, so it's so hard to undo, even though like, I really, I like science and I, I try to like, and I get like, even as we're hearing about how Capra and Chana were basically used as scare tactics, um, you know, from oppressors, like, I, I still can't shake the feeling of being so freaked out about, you know, the potential Capra that you saw. Right, right, right. Like, hmm. it's just so like guttural in me so instinctual yeah. to be like afraid of that ah thank you family <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, can i add on to your thought because yes, you mentioned on. um the medical piece mm-hmm. about like how your family is like in the medical field um i thought you were gonna go this one way because like it, it okay so I had a client, and I think I, I talked about this client with you at one point um, a couple years back, five years I know back. I you're talking about, yeah. yeah. Um, who was being seen by um, a mental health agency, and they were my client at the time, so I was a primary clinician, but Filipino family. And, like, they tell you that there, there are people, like, clients that you meet that will change you, and this was, like, the client and the family that definitely changed mm-hmm. me. Um the so like the belief was that so the mom had was like telling me that you know over the summer this kid like went on like some type of church trip or whatever it was in the woods and they were like thinking that maybe there was like some type of intermingling of different spirits that were happening um and like he was like swimming and like maybe the spirits were in the water so he developed like some type of um what is it is it pasma? I can't remember what she was saying, but like he developed something. Mm-hmm. And then um, at first, like his sleep was all like weird. And then later on, um, he started to see stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like in the Philippines, if you're super religious, that seems pretty normal, right? Mm-hmm. So um, he started seeing stuff and the mom would say like, you know, he started waking up 
at night and he'd tell me, you need to go check around the house. There's somebody who's going to come X, Y, Z. Um, and it's like, oh gosh, it's weird because it's like when you're in an organization that focuses a lot on like, you know, providing support, mental health support to API communities or communities of color. It's like you have this piece, especially if you're like a clinician that identifies with your client, right? Mm -hmm. Or identifies ethnically with your client. There's this piece where you understand the superstitious part. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if somebody else outside of that cultural or like that cultural group hears that, they'll be like, what the fuck is this person talking about? But as a clinician, you're like, I understand like exactly like where you're coming from. And to balance that, like the superstitious beliefs and how to treat that with Mm -hmm. Western stuff does not jive. No, no, not at all. But it's like, it's weird because it's like a lot of these superstitious beliefs too, even though it does backfire, it has also been one of those things where it becomes like a really strong belief system for this family, Mm -hmm. right? And it can also kind of like get into like the pathway of healing to an extent. Mm -hmm. But there comes a point where it's like, okay, if you know that you're not getting better, when does this Western part like come in and explain that, you know? Um, So it's just a lot of conflict. But anyway, it just reminded me of that client. Oh, I remember this client. Yeah, that's a really good insight, Z. That's super interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, thank you for sharing that. Okay. Right. Question two. All right. Okay, I'm going to ask you, has yes. Philippine X scare tactics impact how you were disciplined? Absolutely. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Like I said, even as simple as like you, you just kind of look. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no, it's a motorcycle. Oh, my gosh. That was so scary. Sorry. Wow. See, now I'm, like, extra jumpy. So, again, like, I know, I know that, like, just because we're talking about this doesn't mean that, like, all of a sudden all the capres and all the chanaks and all the swangs are going to come out of nowhere. Like, I know this logically, but it's just so hard to, like, have my brain connect to like my instincts right now. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like yes, yes. I'm just like, ah, ah. but anyway, um, so I think one of the biggest ones that I remember like really scaring the shit out of me. And I remember telling my therapist about it and like, she was like, oh my gosh, that's abuse. I'm like, no, that's just, <laughs> was like, um, what happened? So like, oh, my parents, somehow introduced to me like the movie The Exorcist. I don't remember how (laughs) how I was able to fucking watch this movie at a young age. But that shit still traumatizes me. Like to this day, still traumatizes me. And like, I just remember like, oh my gosh, like I still think about it. I can still, yeah. Anyway, um, so watch, you know, watch the exorcist or talking about the devil, like going into, and like, as a kid, like I didn't quite get what was happening except for the main concept of like, Hey, the kid, um, gets possessed by the devil. Mm-hmm. Right. And so anytime I would do something wrong, like, and it's not even like wrong or bad. It's just something that my, my mom in particular is like, 
that's an unexpected behavior. That's a behavior I don't want to see. Um, She'll just be like, every time you do anything like this, you are going to be more susceptible to getting possessed by the devil. Oh my God. And then Your I was like, no chill. No. <laughs> she fucking jumped off into the deep end like real she quick. She went from zero work. to like a thousand. I know. It escalated so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that literally, like, that stayed with me until I was like a young adult in high school and I hate to admit that it still like continued to like impact me in high school high school dude like yeah so definitely used um like Filipino fear <laughs> Catholic fear um to, or like I mean the concept of like heaven or hell too like if you right. do something bad you go to hell and like not not really like for example like having conversations about like just kind of how gray so many things are you know and like whether you believe in the concept of heaven or hell like when you use very black and white definitions of like what is good and what is bad it really fucks people up yeah and so yeah and so like you know as simple as like oh me questioning questioning a particular thing Right, that that's a totally legitimate thing to question in a respectful way. Ah, you're going to hell. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Just kidding. But I remember like I told my therapist, this like my white middle-aged therapist, who is a kind-hearted woman, and she was like, Oh my god, that was abuse. And I was like, You're so funny. <laughs> Oh, well, anyway, oh, so that's geez. that's one of mine. How about you? How about me? Okay. Ah, <clears throat> see, I'm trying to like as you were talking, I was trying like really, really, really hard to like think about it. Um, and honestly, like, see, when my when my parents had me, I think like they were already just so super liberal at that point. Like in terms of religion, they didn't they weren't like super Catholic or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think like my dad was really trying to like raise us like the American way. And a lot of like the discipline was more of like physical discipline, not like the mm-hmm. actual like mm-hmm. um I'm gonna scare you and throw in the religious piece. Psychologically it was... <laughs> like scar you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it's like if you think about like all the different things that, you know. Oh, and I hate saying this out loud because I know that if someone who was non-Filipino would hear this, they'd be like, that's abuse. Um, and like, I can think of like all the different in- instruments or different things that I was like hit with, you know, like as a kid. And it's like, you know, I could openly talk to friends and be like, did you get the vacuum cord? Yup. Hanger. Yup. It's like slipper. The chinelas. <laughs> I know. Did you get the chinelas? <laughs> you know, the chinelas. The wallis. Did you get that? The wallis. <laughs> So, um, it's like, it's like that I think was like the, the worst that I would get, but I do remember that, um, and I think I mentioned this in my first episode or the first episode that we had mm-hmm. where I had an aunt, like at one oh point, <laughs> like she did not have any kids. So like all his cousins were basically her quote unquote kids. And, um, I remember being the youngest, second to the youngest at that time. Um, among all my cousins and all the, you know, all the um, older cousins that I had, 
they all were given so much shit because um, they all started dating people and she did not like that. And she would just like observe and like stink eye like everybody and like watch everybody and just like make like shitty remarks. But I remember there was like one time where like my cousin, um, she was dating this guy like for a while. And I don't know if marriage was in the cards for them or not. I don't know their plan. But anyway, they had like gotten pregnant. And um, I remember like she told me like my aunt when she was still alive, she told me the story that she pulled my cousin aside and was like, you don't want this child to go to hell, right? Like you better get married. Like this is like this child is not going to be born out of wedlock. And I was like, damn, Kita, you better chill. Like, But the fact that like, she would just be so fucking like blunt about it yeah. was like one of those things that I was like, you know, as a kid, like when I would hear it, I'd be like, I'm not dating anybody. I don't ever want to spread my legs open to anybody. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Side note, that was like one of the things that I would go to hell for. Yes. Supposedly. It's like if I were to date in high school. So guess who didn't date in high school? This nerd. I know. I was like, nope, not going to hell. Not going to hell. <laughs> not worth yeah. it, boy. <laughs> seriously yeah Yeah, it it was weird but that's like the only thing that I can kind of like think about um yeah that's that's the only one that I can think about right off the bat yeah no that's a good one that's a good one (laughs) basically yeah so I mean like I think we yes yes that's a really good all right all right next question for you okay Okay. how do you think Filipino or Filipinx Filipinx horror folklore um, that kids in the Philippines grew up with differs from folklore that people in America grew up with. And so I really want to highlight that when I say folklore people in America grew up with, I'm not talking about white people folklore. I'm just talking about like folklore that we as Filipino American like grew up being exposed to. Okay. Um, you mean kind of like, um, I'm trying to think, like Bigfoot? <laughs> I mean, I guess. Yeah, I was trying to think about this. Too. I was asking my husband. I was like, um, so I have this question over here, but like, just juggle my mind again. Remind me, what are some of the more common like folk, like horror folklores that's specific to the U.S.? UFOs. <gasps> Scares the shit out of me. Yes. UFOs is like the big one, right? Like in in America, at least. Yes. See, my yeah. my my husband, who does not believe in ghosts, believed in like UFOs. Look, <laughs> I'm like, are you fucking serious? Like, out of like everything it's, that you can believe in, <laughs> it's possible. I'm agnostic about that too. <laughs> I'm like agnostic about a lot of things. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um. Okay. Okay. So let let me think about this. Okay. Um. So how do I think Filipino, Filipinx horror folklore that kids in the Philippines grew up with differs from? Okay. I think that um, the one, I don't know, all the stories seem somewhat relatable, Mm -hmm. right? Like the Mm -hmm. folklores in the Philippines seem somewhat relatable. Mm -hmm. Like there's going to be some lost child. Like there's Mm going to be, like, is it the duende? That like if the if you talk about like having missing stuff, they're like, oh, somebody moved your shit. Like it's the duende yeah. that moved your shit, you know? Yeah. Um, 
or like they even talk about just like when you're out and about like even like in the woods acknowledging that that is not your place that it's someone else's place so there's like this sort of like respect for the you know that environment hence the whole like Tabi tabi po, like, excuse me, oh, can I yes. go? Right? Yeah. So there's something about it that there's like some type of like respect to the environment, I kind of yes. feel like, and respect to the things around you. Yeah. Um, there's a very human aspect to it, I think. Mm-hmm. Here it's like when I think about like the different things that like pop up, I'm like, UFOs is like the one that like pop up, <laughs> and I'm like, Bigfoot pops up. Like, part of me is like, I think I struggle with that because it's to me, it's not really a scare tactic. Mm-hmm. Like it's not something that like I know I would encounter on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like with like things like being as relatable as like, oh, someone may have moved your shit and it could have been like this little person, this little ghost person running around. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, okay, that that might be it. But I don't know, there's something about it that hits a little bit more. And mm-hmm. I can't really pinpoint what it is. Maybe it's because it's realistic. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yes. I was thinking about this too, about like, why is it that it hits a little bit differently? Like, why is it that when I go to the Philippines, like I have this, like when it's at night, when you're mm-hmm. in one of the provinces, right? You're not mm-hmm. in Manila, you're in like Kamanatuan or something like that. Right. And like when it's at night and like you're in a room with the crucifix of Jesus in the room because you mm-hmm. have one of those right right um like why it's so much more frightening to be in that room than it would be if i were just like you know here in seattle like mm-hmm. do you know in the same type of room and like i think a big part of it and i was thinking about it so like when i'm talking i'm thinking about like the the folklore in the u.s we have like Frankenstein and vampires and witches and stuff like that. When it's introduced to children, it's almost like there's this like cutesy aspect to it. You know, mm. you have like cute little witch costumes for Halloween, cute little Frankenstein with a little green face and a little, little, what is it called? The little vaults coming out of its neck and like werewolves, bigger doggies, you know, like it's, it's very like, um, child friendly when it's introduced kind of like a grim fairy tale right Mm. and then as you get older you get kind of this like trans like slow transition about these like folklores um that's a little bit i guess like either age appropriate or transition it transitions with you as you get older so now you got like twilight for example for the teenagers right where Mm -hmm. vampires who are these like you know scary monsters that like eat you are now suddenly like gorgeous people you know that are like oh it's kind of hot hot immortals you get get some hot immortal i don't know you get hot immortals right like twilight um or even werewolves right when they transform back into their human like counterpart they're these like naked beautiful men or something right like Mm -hmm. so they become like so it's 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 like i feel like it transitions to 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 like an age appropriate thing whereas like, there's no cute version of Tianak. There's no cute version of a Madanangal. Right. Like, it's just as a kid, you are exposed to these stories as it is. Like, imagine a kid who's reading about, like, Hansel and Gretel, right? And that was a cute little story about two little kids who avoided getting eaten. And it's like, 
oh, but here's the real story behind it. Like, imagine how traumatized certain people would be. So I wonder if that's part of why, like, like the Philippine, you know, um, mythos tends to hit like a little harder because it, it, it like, it touches us when we were, when we were kids, when we couldn't quite decipher mysticism from reality, you know, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. oh, like we don't know how to decipher these things. And then bam, people tell us that they're ghosts. (laughs) So you're just, you know, so anyway, that's just like my hypothesis with this. I can see that. I totally can. And I, okay, you know what I think it might be too? Mm. Is because if you have a super Catholic or super religious country like the Philippines, mm-hmm. anything that's foreign out of that like Catholicism lens is mm-hmm. evil. Mm-hmm. So it's like this version of like, you don't want to be evil. You don't mm-hmm. mess with that shit because that's evil shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe that's why it hits hard because like the Philippines or like Filipino people in general are God-fearing people. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why they're like, fuck that. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Dude, Catholicism as a religion is so scary. <laughs> Like, you know, like I think about like if I were, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I could be like religious, like in a way that's like, oh, like religion provides community and support and mm-hmm. like working towards the greater good together. And then like you have religious are like, if you don't do this, yeah, you won't, you know, you'll get possessed by the devil. Right. You know, which I'm like, oh my god, that's so scary. <laughs> yeah, exorcism shit scares me. Ugh. Oh my gosh, it totally does. Yeah. Like I, like that, I'm still oh my gosh like talking about that like my little arm hairs are just like nope not loving that um i'm just trying to think of like other folklores um like zombie stuff doesn't scare me that much but again i think it's this idea that like well zombies can't be real but like child version of me who hasn't quite dealt with the trauma of being told that there are ghosts are like but ghosts could be real. Even though in my brain, I was like, no, it can't. Or maybe it can't. I don't know. But like in my brain, I was like, maybe ghosts can't be real. But like, mm-hmm. again, you know, it's just been so yeah. instilled in me as a kid. That's like, ghosts are real. Like heaven and hell is yeah. real. And right. blah, 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 you know? Right. The scare tactics of like a zombie or like a Frankenstein or mm-hmm. I-, I can't remember the other ones that you mentioned earlier are just quick though. Yeah. It's like... Here I am, I'm going to pop out from the grave and like walk like this or whatever, you know, it's like, that's it, you know, like it's quick. But I think it's like the stories, I don't, the urban legends are the ones that linger, I think. Mm. And then your brain just keeps like, I don't know, it's, you know what I mean? It, it, it's like, it's a slower like release of like fear. Like it, it's mm-hmm. a more like internalized fear. While like a zombie, I think I'd be scared of because it's like more like externalized. Mm, like it's more of like a okay kind of wrong, but like the filipino folklore the way that it's been introduced it's a little bit more psychological it's like co we're coexisting with these like it could be yeah you know mythological creatures whereas like zombies like just come out of nowhere <laughs> it could be they, that maybe yeah. i don't know but i, I really want to delve more into like what is it about and then you know, listeners like if you have like hypothesis on this like please let us know like this is one that i'm like genuinely curious about like what is it about philippine mythology that just is so frightening unless mm-hmm. it's not frightening for you 
than otherwise. <laughs> Tell us if it's not. <laughs> Just really scary for me. Um, but really UF- UFOs though, like scare me too. That's not, oh my gosh. Okay. So again, I'm pretty agnostic about UFOs. There may be, <laughs> there may be UFOs or no, not, there may be aliens. There may not be, but part of it too, like, just kind of in the simplest, the simplest like perspective for me. And granted, I don't know too much science about astrophysics um, or anything like that. And if somebody can correct me, please do it. But um, like, like there are billions and billions and billions of stars out there. Like the idea that this, that you know, you have just the right composition of the sun and like the right distance. Um, you know, between the sun and the earth or an earth-like type of planet is like, it's bound to exist somewhere, Yeah. you know? And so like, I, you know, there could be aliens, there could be other living things beyond our planet. There, they may just be starting or, you know, the, the, the frightening thing is they may be way more advanced than us. And mm-hmm. actually, so when I went to Arizona, that's another thing too, like when we mm-hmm. went to Arizona, um, my sister and I, like, cause like, we were just like, oh my God, we should do this. Like, um, what is it called? It's like an alien, um, uh, like look at UFOs together, kind of like, mm-hmm. like activity. Yeah. And, um, so we were given this like really like, sp- like special, like binoculars. Oh. You- yeah, no, it's really cool. It's like, I don't know. It's like a military grade type of binoculars that you can use. And we went to this like really remote area where there's not a lot of light. So it's like pure darkness. Yeah. And, you know, and you have this guy who is like our guide and he tells us his story of like, this is what happened to me and how I was abducted by aliens. And like, there's a reasonable side in me that's like, hey, this is, this could be an anecdote where it might be drug induced, buddy. Or like there are potentially other reasons besides jumping into you've been abducted by by aliens, oh. right? In my brain. But again, I don't know where this side of me comes from where like all logic just goes out the fucking window. <laughs> and I was like, you've been abducted by aliens. Oh my God. And so he tells a story. I'm freaking out. And then like we then look at, you know, the sky with these like binoculars and you can see like, so we're looking at it and then like, so there are parts that are pretty like, oh, the, those are satellites, those are things. But then there are lights that were literally like moving all like, like erratically oh, wow. and very spontaneously. And like, and then he's like, that's an alien right there. And look, here's the thing, you know, like, like all these like, and then this one, this one light that was like, um, like doing it in a really interesting pattern. And like, I don't know. I don't know if it's like... <laughs> I don't know what was happening because I definitely was not drunk or anything, but like that, I felt it. And so I went, like we went home, not home, but like we went to our uh, Airbnb and, you know, like it's so funny because like my younger sister, so she's younger by like 16 months, but whatever. But my (laughs) sister used to be the scaredy cat. And then I used to like be a dick and do things (laughs) (laughs) to make her like scared. But like, I, uh, but I was so scared. And I remember just being like, oh my God, I'm going to be abducted by aliens today. (laughs) And I know, I know this is so silly, but like, I just, I don't know, again, if it's some like, 
like a, a trauma that I experienced as a kid that was not taken care of or like things like this, like I immediately believe. And so, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that's mm-hmm. my guess. I'm going to stick yeah. to that. But yeah. So anyway, shout out to your husband <laughs> for, not, for validating my feelings about UFOs. <laughs> Man, yeah, like, I don't, have you watched? Um, so there's a show on Hulu. Do you have Hulu? Yes. Okay, it's called The Unexplained, and William Shatner is the host. It's <laughs> oh perfect. That's so um, but um, I because we started like watching it yesterday because I was like telling him, "Hey, can we just watch something kind of scary?" And like we didn't want want to watch like any of like the movies or whatever. And I'm like, I feel more intrigued by like murder mysteries or like more unexplained stuff. And like yes. we stumbled upon this show, but they were talking about um just even like Mayan civilizations, mm-hmm. like finding these things from like how many centuries back in like perfect condition. And then all of a sudden people disappearing and like, <gasps> where the fuck did they go? You where know? Fuck? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah. it's, it's scary shit like that, but oh, yes, I, I do validate your, your alien thing. I'll try to. Science. Well, I mean, basics for me, it's like super basic science, right? But then there could be other sciences that would be like, hey, Rissa, this is why despite the billions and billions of stars that we have, this is improbable. Uh If somebody can like give me the science, I'll be like, cool, I get it. Thank you so much. But because, right, like, again, billions of stars, billions of planets, like, why would we assume that we're the special one? Yeah, very, very true. Very true. That's where my brain goes to. So then I'm justifying it with science. And then the I think the other so this one I think I'm justifying it with my very limited knowledge of of astro science, (laughs) astronomy. Um and like the other one is, you know, with ghosts and religion and possession and stuff like that. That one is trauma from from childhood. Oh Oh, my gosh. But anyway. I'm trying to think of what else was like, what what did folklore? So we had, okay, what did you throw? So you had UFOs, you threw Bigfoot in there. Um, Bigfoot also doesn't scare me that much. I'm just no, like, no. Oh. I feel I'm like it's like, fake. I know. I mean, ghost stories just generally scare me, but that's because I'm always associating that with like the white lady or like, right. you know, things in the Philippines. But I'm trying to think of what else. Um, so we talked about like, Werewolves, Dracula. You said witches also. Witches, yeah. That doesn't look scary. I was like, cool. Like, witches are bomb. Um, yeah, I don't know. Scary. I can't really think of anything that, like, really, you know, just scares the shit out of me. Except yeah. for, like, maybe New Orleans stuff, like voodoo stuff. Oh, interesting. That, that might Does be that something. Okay. A little bit, a little bit. Or, like, it, it's intriguing to me, but then again, I don't know if it's that God-fearing thing. Yeah, it could be. I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. I can see. But I, I did go to the Voodoo Museum. Ooh. Oh, that's I right. did. Tell. Yeah. Do tell. I did. It, it was like small. Um, it was quaint. <laughs> um, a lot of really cool looking stuff. A lot of like things that you can learn, you know. But it's like there's a lot of roots in Catholicism, and they brought it, I, I believe, from like Haiti or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's cool, and it was like something that like was a religion that. You know, a lot of the, um, is it Creole? Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Creole folks, like, had brought 
so yeah thought it was cool mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but anywho yeah that's the only one that i can think of like maybe voodoo stuff but mm-hmm. okay everything else i'm like eh. yeah yeah same I'm just like, yeah i think we've kind of narrowed it down to anything religious like anything that you can tie to religion or for me tied to science <laughs> It's scary. Okay, at at least we've come to some type of conclusion. Some type of conclusion. At least our heart will settle for today. For today. I I like the closure that I have for now. Yeah, for now. now. And I would love to hear the feedback from listeners out there. Please tell us. Help us. (sighs) Okay, I'm going to jump to the fourth question. Yes. Um, so what are your thoughts with introducing scary stories to your kids? Yes, I thought about this. And I actually, I asked my husband about this too, because I'm like, when would we like to introduce this to our offspring? And, um, like I think about some of the things that like, so scary stories, right? Again, I think it's easier to do it in the U.S. or with the, you know, U.S. folklore. Because again, you have like the, the, um, age quote unquote age appropriate things that you can introduce to your kids about scary stories you have goosebumps right that are like okay you know like goosebumps is one or like they have are you afraid of the dark right like i don't know i mean there's not a show like that anymore but you know you have twilight um so there are some like age appropriate ways that you can kind of introduce scary stories but Mm -hmm. other aspect to it too is that like kids families have different comfort levels with when they're introducing scary stories mm-hmm. and like so for example like i i have a student or i have a kid that i used to work with um in elementary who was like you know not like was somebody who was like very much like nope i don't like scary stories da, 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 da. like my family is very strict about that and um it started circulating around in their classroom about Bloody Mary. And oh, like, fucking legend. Yes. And yeah. I remember that freaked me out too. Yeah. Because again, the name Mary was in there. And I was like, it's Virgin Mary. I know. <laughs> Even that probably has something to do with her. But it'd be, I was like, oh my gosh, this one is so scary. Um, but uh, yeah, so like I have a student who like, uh, what, what was her? It's like she was a fourth grader and like had the hardest time going to sleep and like was losing sleep oh. over it was having so much anxiety because she was so afraid of bloody mary and oh. like um yeah and so you know um we, we were able eventually like like support her but i just think about things like that that like i have no control over what scary stories my right. kid you know and i i also had a like a student that like was in second or third grade that was like watching Walking Dead with their parents. And I was just like, cool. I mean, like, if that's comfortable for you, like, I have right. my judgment, you know, but like, people and, and kids talk, you know. And so mm-hmm. part of me is just like, oh, I feel like my kids are going to hear about it. And so, like, how do I communicate with them? So even if I don't introduce the scary stories, they're going to hear it some way. Mm-hmm. But like, how yeah. do we talk about it in a way that doesn't scar them for life? Um, but right. those are just kind of some of the preliminary. Things I started thinking about. Um, yeah, how about for you? I mean, I didn't really give an example of like what what are your thoughts when introducing it, but like, yeah. yeah, what are your thoughts with this? Okay, I'm gonna throw. <laughs> I'm gonna say this. 
I I have used scare tactics on my older one, my three year old. <laughs> I won't lie. What did you Reason- say? I said, so well, curious. there are a couple things. So mm-hmm. he he gets like, okay, the only reason why I do it is because like there are some children out there that are really, really strong-willed. Yes. And my kid is one of them. Yes. Um, Because it's like, it's just his personality to test all limits. To, he's not fearless, which is like really, really scary also. Yes. Scary yet also like, I, I love that he's not fear, fearless, but it's also like, wow, like you're really, really like hard to um, like, you'll just do anything. But then I'm like, well, maybe maybe that's how you are being a three year old. <laughs> I've scared him a couple of times. I'll be like, um, hello, you better you better keep quiet because the police are out there. Like I'll say stuff like that. Or I'm like, you better be quiet because the ghost can hear you. Look, the ghost, the ghost is out there. Come on, come in. Like sometimes like he'll be outside, you know, and yeah. like, I don't wanna go inside the house. I don't wanna eat dinner. I go, hey, the ghost look is out there. Come on, you better go in now. So it's like he'll and then like my husband like makes fun of me and he goes, You do know that when you say that, all of a sudden like a Filipino accent comes out, right? <laughs> I was gonna say when you were saying that, you were totally saying you like slight Filipino accent. Yeah, I was like, fuck, I am that parent now. I'm that yes. parent that's like, yes. yo, Kala, the police is coming. <laughs> like, I don't talk like that on a regular basis. But, I, but it comes out. I think yes. it's just been so ingrained in me. Yes. That I think, I know that my parents have used shit like that before. Yes. I've heard my dad actually like tell my kid that, like while he was babysitting my kid and not wanting to like get his ass like in the car seat. He was like, You better, you better like sit down now because the police is coming. You know, it's like I hear him say that. So I've used it. Do I feel good about it? Mm, No, but like at the same time, there are some kids out there that you're like, no matter how much you're like, oh come on, let's please do this. It switches right away to like you better hurry up now before the police come, you know. So it's like, sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta sometimes do. Sometimes you, you know what? what? Yeah. In this particular case, I can see the ends justify the means, like kid safety. I agree. <laughs> Don't have time to reason with you right now. Just get your butt over here. I mean, right. we use it with like Santa Claus, right? Like, how is this? <laughs> like, I just think about like, like. You know, a lot of people's use of Santa Claus to basically get their kids to not be assholes over the holidays. I did that with my kid today. I was like, Santa doesn't give gifts to to troublemakers. (laughs) Oh, and I know, I know, like you know, yeah, I I know that like now people are like, don't use Santa Claus as like a scare tactic for kids to like behave or whatever. But I'm like. Yes. But dude, I am so fucking tired. I don't got the niceness sometimes. And it's like, I am nice, I would say 95% of the time. But sure. there are times when I just need some type of something to like pull me through. Yes. Whether it be invisible yeah. police or yes. invisible like Santa Claus or ghosts. <laughs> I need them to pull me through. I need help. <laughs> oh my God. I wonder. Oh my God. You know what's so funny? Is that like, that's literally the police thing is what I used apparently to try to get bullies to stop when I was a kid. I'm like, I'm going to call the police. (laughs) Invisible police. 
scenes when they were just like such bullies and I would carry around uh like I had a a whistle. I don't know where that whistle came from, but I have a fucking whistle. And I remember saying things like, this will get the police here. And then like, you know, yeah, yeah. basically used it for to, to get the bullies to stop picking on people. I remember yeah. using that on my parents when I was like <laughs> age. Because like whenever like they would say something and then I would cry and then they'd be like, fine, cry some more. I'd be like, I'm going to call the police. The police just solves everything. But it's like, it's so bad now. Right. It's like, oh, it's so bad. But that. like, but it kind of makes you think, right? Like the police instill, it's instilling fear in mm-hmm. people. Right. That like, mm-hmm. it's almost as like scary as like the boogeyman right or like mm-hmm. scary as like this the ghosts <laughs> right and right. so but yeah anyway i mean there's like like some scary shit about like again santa claus the, the little elf that like watches you what is the elf on the shelf oh right <laughs> like <laughs> like I, I haven't had to introduce that to my kid yet i'm hoping not that's so creepy. I don't know. I mean, I think about it, but then I'll probably use it myself. Yeah. I'm like, not going to lie. Just to kind of be like, hey, you know, if it works, it works. I used to make fun of, of things that people do. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to do better when I have a kid. And now I'm just like, no, I get it. I, I get why you're doing yep. what you're doing. And I'm going to do the same thing. Thank you for paving the way for me. So, I mean, like, probably going to be doing the same thing. But it is creepy as shit. You have the slender looking elf that's just <laughs> it's like fucking chucky it's like a it's yes chucky. oh chucky my also God. scared me i don't know why that was a weird one that one was like out of left little field. child anything that's little childish <gasps> like a duende oh no yeah. not duende uh chanak yeah chanak i'm just like oh creepy weird <laughs> yes yeah there was a there was a there was a thing um how was it it was a psychological study a while ago, I don't even remember what it was and who the author was, but basically it's along the lines of like one of the things that's super scary just innately in people is when, when, um, what is it? Like when you are presented with something and then it does something totally unexpected. Like, so um, an example is like, I don't know. I, I just, don't, I don't remember how they did this, but mm-hmm. they were able to measure like the fear response mm-hmm. of um, people when they presented like a, a visual of their mother, mm-hmm. like a mother's face or something, but then like a different voice comes out. Oh, and fuck, that that. Out, fuck out of people, like out of their kids. And so something innately about like, you know, yeah. I just kind of like assuming that like, something's supposed to, to to happen and then it doesn't or like something right. pops up and so I think it's kind of like you know when you think of babies you're just like oh babies are these like cute little like little beings and then all of a sudden they're these like goblin like Ugh. people eating things so like that's fucking scary so yeah yeah anyway, no I think like dolls right dolls are supposed to be like real cute and stuff and then all of a sudden they're murderous so Chucky's fucking scary so Ugh. get it mm. So I think that's where it came from. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Fuck that. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to think if there's anything else with introducing scary stories and what things to consider. Yeah, I think like some of the things to just consider for me too is just like 
like how it's so hard as a kid to decipher between what's real and what isn't. Like I think mm-hmm. I believed in Santa Claus for longer than like for longer than I I'd, I'd like to admit. Wait, wait, wait. How old were you? I want to know because I get a lot of shit because I was also <laughs> <laughs> I think I was like in middle school. Oh my god. You were- <laughs> Were you in middle school? Yes, I was in middle school. And then I remember, like, I told, like, my husband this, and he was like, you believe in Santa Claus? I'm like, hey, my parents are really good, okay? They were really good at pretending that Santa Claus was real. I know. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I have, like, a very magical mind, and, like, I thought I had powers at one point. Yeah. I don't. Like... (laughs) So, yeah, no judgment on people who believed in Santa Claus. And I remember my five-year-old cousin was like, I don't believe in Santa Claus. And she's like five. And I'm like, all right, add seven years to that. Yes. And then you're like, oh. Oh, jeez. Yeah. See, it just mysticism and magical thinking is just a thing that we're just really gullible (laughs) so gullible and the thing is there was a point where i did catch like um my yeah yeah so like my nanny like put this the the um items in the stockings and they had like a really like bad lie they were like oh santa is really busy and they just like gave it to me to put it in the stockings and i'm like yeah that checks out okay thank you (laughs) it was like a really bad lie but i'm so gullible like i remember like we lived in an apartment and like i um like my it was like late at night and it was i think like maybe christmas eve it had to be christmas eve but i remember my dad getting out of the car being like i gotta use the bathroom real bad so he like went into the house first while like my mom and like me and my brother were in the car and like my mom had parked the car and then all of a sudden it's like i see the note because i had left out like cookies and like milk for santa and i would like tell because we didn't have a chimney we had like it was an apartment so i would tell my dad and mom leave the leave the patio door open so that he can come in <laughs> but I remember just like seeing a note, like like here's like I, I like asked them like here's some cookies and like milk. If you're real, please like leave a note back. And like Santa did leave a note, but it had like my dad's like it looks like my dad's writing, but he's kind of squiggled like it's still writing a little. <laughs> yes, yes, and I still believe that like Santa <laughs> Yes, okay, thanks. <laughs> It's a very common handwriting. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. You all have the like. <laughs> so embarrassed. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I feel this. <laughs> you know we what? turned out fine. We are okay. I feel somewhat <laughs> adjusted. So there we go. There we go then. Oh my gosh. Ooh. Wow. Wow. Um, okay. All right. So we are at the conclusion of this episode. I. I'm genuinely surprised by how much we laughed at this episode. I thought I was just going to be scared shitless throughout. But it just turns out, like, it just, there's, oh my God. I think, like, one of the things that just stuck out to me is just that we're really gullible. Like, we're just really gullible. And magical thinking is, 
you know what? We are always going to be a kid at heart. So there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so now this, this is like such a weird concluding question because again, I thought we were going to be so scared. Um, but the question is, what are you going to do so you can get some sleep tonight and the rest of the nights following that after this harrowing episode? Hmm. First thing I'm going to do is I need to finish my drink. I still have a little bit left. Yes. So I, I need to finish that. Um, let's see. I think I'm going to definitely watch TV. Yes. Something funny, at least. I don't know what I'm going to watch yet. Maybe maybe The Office. That's always my default. I love The Office. Yeah. That's a good my one. Default. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good one. I, yeah. Always something funny. I feel like after anything like super scary, mm-hmm. the other advice that I've gotten, um, and I think I read this when I was in high school, actually. And then I was like, Ooh, that's so scandalous. Um, was that like when you're thinking of sex, like you don't get scared. It's like, it's like the opposite. So it's not really like the, yeah. Oh God. I don't even know where I read it. And it's probably like an article that has no scientific like background to it. But if there is, and if people Mm. know, please let us know. Cause I, it's, it's been like my go-to is that like, yeah. Like, cause it's like the complete, like, it's just, I don't know what it is, but like, it's, it's something that like, just, what do you call it? Um, addresses fear is if you're thinking of sex or like yeah so um I'm too tired to watch porn <laughs> <laughs> I just like that just seems like so much work <laughs> yes that's the worst when you don't know what porn to watch and you just like spend more time like flipping through stuff okay, and then it's some of them are so degrading or I like just so gross that it's just like ugh, you know like it ends up being work for me to find porn right that's good and so right. um i don't know maybe i'm just gonna go listen to reggae what is his name reggae john reggae john reggae john reggae reggae i cannot say is it reggae john something reggae john reggae i cannot say it he okay he's on an app yes calm app he's on calm app yes yes Yes, I was it's like, this is really porn cool story about like what it is. It's porn for your ears. It basically. is. I've totally done that before too because I'm just like you know, I don't really want to watch someone. I feel like I can visualize like a more like romantic and like just better porn in my brain. And so <laughs> I've totally popped in a calm app and have listened to Roger Jean because he's told. Oh my god, his voice is so sexy. Um, <laughs> What is this? Oh, what's the guy's name? He has like a Scottish accent or Irish accent. Um, what is his name? Fuck. Uh, oh my gosh, what is his name? No. Ah, wait. Pause this part because I need to find it. It's driving me crazy. Oh, on a side note, um, have you, out of curiosity, have you heard of like the noir series? The noir series? No. What is this? Yeah. So, basically, do you like murder mystery stuff? I do. Murder mystery okay. Yes. So, basically, yes. Um, like these noir so- um, stories, they're mm-hmm. all like in different cities mm-hmm. and they focus on like short story crime stories, short story, mm-hmm. 
yeah, short stories of crime um, in yes. these particular cities. And the only reason why I got hooked into it was because um, prior to going to NOLA, I started yeah. reading it for like just New Orleans. And then I found out that they have one for Manila. <gasps> so cool. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And Where I do downloaded I- the, um, the audio app. So just look for like Manila Noir or something. N-O-I-R. Oh yes. N-O-I-R. Yes. Yeah. So just look for that. And it's like a bunch yes. of short stories of just like basically stuff in Manila. Oh and there's always gosh. in these like crime stories, there's always like somebody like dying or like some type of death happening somewhere. Yeah. But um it's nice because like if you're the type of person who wants to get back into reading but can't commit to the plot of like a huge like yes. book. I'm like, I'm cool with 10 pages or I'm cool yes. with plugging my earphones in 20 minutes and I know right. a story. <gasps> Okay, yeah. I totally want to. Okay, I want to watch. I want to listen to this. Yeah, you'll have to awesome. like download it. It's on Audible. Okay, Audible. It's okay. Manila Noir. Okay, mm-hmm. huh, I'll check that out. Back to trying to get horny listening to the Calm app. Killian Murphy. Who I the like fuck is that? He's um. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm gonna Google he's real quick. A, yeah, he's a he's an Irish Irish actor. I don't know, man. He's hot to me, and his voice is so great. And I just, yeah. Killian Murphy. I know I am not spelling this name right. Oh, it's C I L L I A N. Okay, I do know this person. Yes, he was in. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on movies that he was in. Okay, I'm. I'm looking. I'm looking. Batman Beyond? I think he was in Batman Beyond. Are you sure? <laughs> oh, the Dark Knight trilogy. Thanks. Yes, Dark Knight, I mean. Okay, yeah. Yes, yes. Yes. Oh my God. And Inception. Yes, Inception. Oh, look. Inception. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anyway, so he, like, sometimes I'm definitely, like, you know, with uh, listening to a story. But then it, like, throws me off because at the beginning he's talking about Narnia. And, like, there's, like, children. I'm like, no, stop stop ruining this. Stop talking about kids. So I fast forward a little bit. And then, like, the thing is I don't actually hear what he's saying. I just hear his voice. And that's enough for me to be like, all right, okay. I'll get my vibrator now. <laughs> so I might do that just because, like, finding porn just sounds really exhausting right now. I'm so tired. Yeah. Killian Murphy. Killian Shout Murphy. Shout out to Killian Murphy. I was like, oh, so that's who you are. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope you get sleep. <laughs> I will well. most likely after I'm done drinking this. I know now that I'm thinking about like your thing, I'm like, oh, sex sounds really good, but I'm on my period right now. And it's like the first, like, I don't know, it's the heavy part of the oh. period where I'm like, the clean, like, it's fine, but like the cleanup does sound like a lot of work. <laughs> it's like the blood, the flood gla- flood glates, flood gates. <laughs> yeah, that just sounds like a open. lot of work. I get it. Yeah. yeah, I am good. Yeah. No, thank you. Well, well, we'll figure it out. <laughs> well, you can just watch The Office. 
Yeah, well, I'll just watch The Office. That'll work for now. That'll keep me occupied for. There you go. Yep. You know what? <laughs> anyway, folks, enjoy. I hope that you are all listening to this not at night or at night. I don't know. You're probably braver than us. Either way, have fun. Go watch The Office or have sex. Do you? All right. Peace. <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right, guys, this is a true story. This happened to me when I was very little. All right, Baguio, Philippines. The year is 93 or maybe 94, maybe even 95. Let's just say early 90s to mid 90s. Our family was planning to go to Baguio, my very first trip there. Already from the start, my parents were being all weird talking about the craziness that happens there. First of all, why are they telling me this? I was just a little kid. Anyway, I remember my parents saying that people were scary and insane and many did bad things, like rob you in the jitneys. And at that age, that is some very scary shit. <laughs> so anyway, they told us to stay close. I always wondered then what made them do this. Was it the mountains, the trees, or the evil spirits around? Honestly, my parents said that Baguio is one of the scariest places and... I don't remember why they told us that. And I think there was some um, religious aspect to it too. And there's some evil spirits and just spirits in general. And maybe it's because it's so naturey and dark and um, not a lot of people live there. And so just um, more things, more like celestial things or scary things can happen in those kinds of environments. Um, but anyway, whatever it was, whatever it is that makes Baguio just so scary, um, as soon as we arrived there, I definitely got some major hibijibis. It was foggy. It was quiet most days. We were staying in this old hotel. I don't know if it was a church or a convent, but there were nuns living there. And I don't know what a convent once was when I was a child, so I just thought it was like an old hotel or maybe someone's old house, their old house. But yes, definitely old and dark. The place was old and dark and it had no windows and the lighting was always this like yellow tint, um, like little lamps all the time and just um, never really lit up the whole room. It's probably a good ambiance for a date now, like that's some good lighting now. <laughs> but at that time, my sister and I thought, you know what this is perfect for? To play hide and seek. <laughs> my sister was hiding and I was seeking and was she a good hider? I remember having to like pass these set of stairs and, you know, each level, there's like two of them and each level was 10 steps each. So not many. And then in between this level, there's sets of the stairs was this platform where you turn to face the new level because then it switched um, direction. So anyway, um, I remember calling for my sister and I heard nothing. And, you know, she probably was up the stairs, um, but for some reason, I was scared to pass the stairs. I would look at the stairs and then turn away, and I would look again and turn away, trying to get the courage to ninja warrior across. So I took a deep breath, pumped myself up, and was like, okay, you got this. And I looked at it again, and I looked at the stairs, and what I saw appeared to be this lady figure with a blue veil around her. She looked like a fog. She was transparent. She had no face, but then you could kind of see lines, right? It's not just like this... Um, um, not just her outline, like you could see specific lines, almost like a drawing, but like it's like you could see what it was, but also not because you couldn't see specific details. Anyway, she looked like a fog. She was transparent, her no face, her palms were out and she was just standing there, silent and she didn't move. I was scared to just 
stand there and watch. And so for some reason, my plan was to run past her and hope she wouldn't karate chop me. And so I did that. And I ran so hard and nothing happened when I passed her. I didn't feel cold. I didn't lose my breath. I mean, nothing. I didn't even feel anything. I finally reached the top of the second floor and I looked down and she was still there. Just the foggy statue that she is, was. And um, I, you know, at that time I was like, wasn't as scared because nothing happened when I passed her, but still scared because that never, ever happened to me. So anyway, um, I saw a door. I knocked on the door multiple times and my sister opens it. I tell her what happened. We looked back to the platform where I saw her and she was gone. The foggy statue lady with the blue veil was gone. I remember telling my parents the story that night and that's why I couldn't sleep. They promised me that we would get fresh ube from a jar tomorrow if I had if I go to bed. So yeah, I went to bed. So the lesson of the story is that ube is the answer to everything. <laughs> um, anyway, I forgot to say, looking back at the story, um, my parents were saying the next day that I probably had seen Virgin Mary. My parents are very religious and so they said that's that with Virgin Mary, and I will take that. I'd rather see Virgin Mary because my sister thinks I had seen the white lady, and she is not the white lady because she had blue. So, yeah. Thank you very much. The end. Oh, yeah, and I also don't really know the white lady, but she sounds like a Karen. I'm just kidding. I'm going to stop. Not too hot, not too cold. Feed them solid, six months old. Not too hot, not too cold. Feed them solid, six months old. Not too hot, not too cold. Not too hot, not too cold. Not too hot, not too cold. Feed them solid, six months old.